Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Live With Me Rank Show. Appreciate you tuning in each and every day, those of you who can. And... If you'd like to join us today, be part of the program, please give us a call at 269-441-9595. That's 269-441-9595. Or you can email me at rank RE as an excellent NK at townsquaremedia.com. You can also join us on the app chat if you have an app of one of the stations you're listening to me. On a couple things of note, program note, at the top of the 10 o'clock hour, I'm going to have Dave Morgan in. Dave Morgan is running in a state rep seat against uh, Jim Hodsmas. Dave has run against him. Uh, geez, I can't remember now what. It was this uh, 61st, I think. It may be the 40-something now. Ah, They're all changing. I'll let him tell us uh, which one it's in. Uh, but Dave's has an interesting story uh, and I wanted him to come on air and he's been on the show before to discuss that story and what he plans to do here for the state of Michigan as part of the state house if he was to uh, beat Jim Hosma in the uh, in the uh, general election and also at the top of the 10 o'clock hour I have Terrace Todd our monthly meeting Terrace works with the Heritage Organization, Heritage Foundation, and he is a former Kalamaz- no, Battle Creek teacher or administrator, teacher, I think, an administrator, then a Calhoun County commissioner, and then he, he also has an interesting story. What he, he used to be a Democrat and then became a Republican. And he worked in the Trump White House and he did some things for the state party. He's got a a, a very impressive resume. He's going to come on air today to talk about parental rights and education. And he's bringing with him Katie Gorka. Katie Gorka is the wife of, um, you know, his first name has just escaped me. Uh, The pain relief Gorka guy. (laughs) We'll call him that. Uh, Katie is actually... Terrace's boss at the Heritage Foundation, and she wanted to join us today to talk about these parental rights and education. So I'm looking uh, forward to that. I got some good news for some of you to start the day off with. This is what I fully expected would happen. The Biden administration stated the other day they plan to freeze federal student loan payments through August 31st. So that's another four-month extension they would get, bringing it to more than two years that they didn't have to pay anything to their student loans, those who owe it, and receiving a 0% interest rate. They say the student loan payments were scheduled, obviously, as I told you, to resume May 1st, but 
that's not going to happen. The Democrats in Congress didn't want these people to start paying on their loans. So they lobbied the White House, and it sounds like they got their way. The action applies to more than 43 million Americans, according to the AP, who owe a combined $1.6 trillion in student debt. And that's all held by the federal government. And that's the latest data from the Education Department. That includes more than 7 million borrowers who have defaulted on their student loans. Borrowers will not be asked to make any payments until August 31st and interest rates will or is expected to remain at 0% during this period. Expect, I guarantee you, I shouldn't say expect, I guarantee you that they will uh, push this off more time, even more time. Because what is August 31st? Or actually it would be September 1st, you would owe. Well, that's just... A little over a month into the midterms. So you'll get that. You'll see that getting extended uh, also. I want to get into some Michigan information, but I thought this was interesting. I saw this headline and I saw some news reports about it. The AP is reporting and others. I've heard him say it, Biden. The Biden administration will announce a ban on new investment in Russia and other new sanctions today in response to the atrocities that we're seeing. I was under the impression that they went all in the last time. Did I misunderstand that? Why didn't we go all in the first time to try to prevent these people from doing what they were going to do? It may not have worked. More than likely, it wouldn't have worked. I will admit that. But why did we come in piecemeal? That's the question I have. The White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said the measures are designated to, quote, degrade key instruments of Russian state power, impose acute and immediate economic harm on Russia, and hold accountable the Russian kleptocracy that funds and supports Putin's war. We weren't doing that before? Doesn't that sound, and again, you guys who are, uh, let's say, more moderate than I. Although I am a fiscally conservative, socially moderate guy, I am just common sense is what I think. When it comes to the facts, taking the facts and applying them in a common sense way, your opinion may be different. But why wouldn't we have taken measures to degrade the key instruments of Russian state power, impose acute immediate economic harm on Russia, And hold accountable the Russian kleptocracy that funds and supports his war. Why are we waiting to what? I don't know. I think we're into week five of this invasion. That's a question I have. Sounds awful interesting. Also, if we get time to go a little bit deeper in this, because I want to get to the Michigan information. There's not a whole lot, so we'll probably get to it. The Army General Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley, yesterday in front of Congress is now talking about creating permanent um, permanent bases in Eastern Europe, but rotating the forces through there. Here's a question I have for all of you. 
So we're now talking about making permanent bases in Eastern Europe, which will provoke Russia even more. You may be for it, you may be against it, but we're talking about that. Everything has gone to hell in a handbag, I think it's fair to say, from a foreign relations perspective, other than NATO sticking together. But yeah, there's a lot of people saying, look how great it is, NATO sticking together. That's what they're supposed to do. So I don't really give them credit for that. I wouldn't care who's in the White House. You've got war like we haven't seen in a long time. Although probably they were doing uh, some pretty nasty things, they say, to, to the Syrians, the Russians were. It just seems like things are going crazy. And then I saw this from Reuters out of South Korea. North Korea opposes war but would use nuclear weapons if South Korea attacked. Kim Jo Kim Yo-yong, the powerful sister of Kim Jong-un, said on Tuesday, yesterday, in a warning that analysts said is probably aimed at the South's incoming conservative president. She's a senior official in the government and the ruling party, ruling party, ruling guy, her brother said it was a, quote, very big mistake, end quote, for South Korea's Minister of Defense to make recent remarks discussing attacks on the North. Apparently, the South Korean defense minister last Friday said that his country's military has a variety of missiles with significantly improved range, accuracy, and power with, quote, the ability to accurately and quickly hit any target in North Korea, end quote. Now, yeah, I give, I, I, I understand what... To, She's saying because the people, I don't have a problem with that. But those in North Korea are uh, very, very nervous or want anything so they can rattle something. But all this is happening under a guy who was supposed to bring us normalcy. Under a guy who was supposed to bring us calm. Under a guy who knows foreign policy more than anybody in Washington. Under a guy and party that is uh, a, a constantly accused Trump of him trying to start a war when it was absolutely opposite. And again, you got to ask yourself, why did Putin not move on Ukraine until after the election? And when Joe Biden was seated... He started moving troops months after that in equipment to the Ukraine border. 269-441-9595. You listen live with Rank. We'll be right back after this. You listen live with Rank and things are just going crazy out there, it appears. And I thought it was supposed to be normal. The other, I can't remember exactly when it was. I found this yesterday at the Michigan Capital Confidential News Site. They're the news site for the Mackinac Center for Public Policy. And they wrote this. Michigan's best economic recovery, quote unquote, because that's what Governor Whitmer is saying. States 11th from the bottom, not 11th from the top. 
So Governor Wimmer has claimed that our state, and I, I wish she was correct. I wish she was true. It was true. This is not saying, ha ha, uh, I'm glad it is. No, I, 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 I don't care who's in office. I hope for the best for the people in our state. But she's claimed that Michigan is having the, quote, best economic recovery in our state's history, end quote. And they write that the theme was started in a highly questionable Bloomberg News opinion piece that drew criticism even from the mainstream media, they say. So on March 30th, according to Gong Aware News in Lansing, quote, we have... We're having the best economic recovery in our state's history since the pandemic began. There are lots of signs we're on the right track, end quote. Now, these politicians know that people can check that type of information with the data that's, that's out there. That it will either support what they're saying or not support what they're saying. So you ask yourself, those of you who may be just joining the Live with Rank family, you ask yourself, well, self, why would she just make those statements when the data doesn't support it? Because she knows that most people will read it or listen to the quote or read the quote somewhere and more than likely believe it. And she knows that those who will question what she's saying and check the data 99 times out of 100 will be radio talk show hosts who appreciate fact and appreciate data that supports something. Well, she already knows she's lost most of those people. They're not going to vote for her. So that's why they do it. The Michigan Capital Confidential News site said employment in recent years declined substantially because of the COVID pandemic and government responses to it, including the extended lockdowns and payments to people for staying home from work. It would not be surprising then if employment levels rose rapidly once workers were allowed to go back to work. So she's also playing on the fact that lay off millions of people, then say they can come back to work, and then brag that you have a great economic revival, the best in however many decades, as Joe Biden's doing. Now, politicians will do that, but it's up to the media, if they weren't so in the bag for a certain ideology, to make that point. Yes, these numbers look great. But, but, it's not in, you have to compare it to how many people they laid off and what were the numbers pre-pandemic. I've said that many times. I won't give any Republican, Democrat, or whatever, governor, politician, president, credit until they're starting to create jobs, or I shouldn't say they don't create jobs, until jobs are created up and above pre-pandemic. 
because as I said, I could lay off every single person if they if you put through the executive orders like they did. Just every single person lay off for one day and then bring them all back the next day. And I could say this is the greatest economic revival in the history of the world. Now, the Mackinac Center went on to say, calling that the best recover ever may paint a false picture of a Michigan job market in which fewer people today, tens of thousands, are working than on the eve of the pandemic in February 2020. As of February 2020, there were 11 states in which more people are working, excuse me, as of February of 2022, so two years later, there were 11 states in which more people are working than before the pandemic. Michigan's not one of them. What are they? Surprise, surprise. Arizona, Arkansas, Colorado, a little bit of a surprise there, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Montana, North Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, and Utah. So those are the 11 states where those governors, left or right, Democrat or Republican, can start bragging. Because they have more jobs today than pre-pandemic. Again, those states are Arizona, Arkansas, Colorado, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Montana, North Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, and Utah. Now, Governor Whitmer is saying we've had the best economic recovery in our state's history since the pandemic began. Make sure I get it all in there. There are still 140,000 less Michiganders working today than they were pre-pandemic, February of 2020. That's 3.2% decrease. Now, that makes us in the recovery, in the nation's, the nation's 11th weakest, not including Washington, D.C. And that's according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. So to make that clear, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics says we are not the 11th best. We are the 11th worst when looking at bringing jobs back compared to pre-pandemic. So how did Bloomberg... They had some numbers to support what they were saying. How did they do so? Well, they tell us. Bloomberg News started the idea that Michigan has a historic recovery in a February 2022 opinion piece. They justified the claim by using not pre-pandemic numbers, but two months later, April of 2020, as the start of its analysis. Between February of 2020 and April of 2020, due to Governor Whitmer's executive orders to shut down, whether you agree with them or not at that point, that's not what we're talking about here. 1,050,000 people were laid off. So that's how Bloomberg can say, well, look at our numbers. Oh, you guys thought we were doing pre-pandemic and that's what we're judging everybody. Oh, no, no, no. On this one, we were doing somewhere in the pandemic. So that should tell you something about Bloomberg News. Now, it was an opinion piece. 
So we'll see. 269-441-9595. Or you can email me at rank R-E as an excellent NK at townsquaremedia.com. We'll be right back after this. You listen to Live with Rank. Appreciate that very, very much. Well, many of you know we we uh, had that breaking news here on the show yesterday that Congressman Fred Upton ha- announced from the floor of the House yesterday morning at around 10 a.m. that he's retiring and he's not going to seek a 19th term. And I wish him well in his retirement. Now, I know a lot of people are uh, upset with him because of his vote to impeach Trump with no data at all. And that's always been my position with him and Congressman Meyer. I've spoken to Congressman Meyer on and off air about it. It it was totally disproven. What they first said was their concern. Upton is the fourth of ten who voted, 10 Republicans, I should say, who voted to uh, impeach President Trump. So I think, if I remember correctly, you know, I have it here. No, I didn't bother putting it in. Trump had something kind of funny. Four down, six to go, something like that. But that's Trump. So let's move on. I wrote a piece this morning to introduce any of you in the written word. He's been on the show a couple times. Congressman from Michigan, second, I think he's the second district right now, which is now moving into the fourth, or he is moving into the fourth, Bill Heisinga. So I wrote a piece, out with the Upton, in with the Heisinga. Who is Bill Heisinga? So that'll give you a taste of who Bill is if you hadn't heard him on my show. As well as links to sites that'll give you a little bit more information. In a statement yesterday, and that's in the piece I wrote, Congressman Heisinga said, quote, I want to thank Fred for his commitment, service, and dedication to Michigan over the years. Fred and I have worked together on a host of issues, including prioritizing the protection of the Great Lakes, leveling the playing field for Michigan's agriculture, and supporting efforts to clean up PFAS and lead contamination. Fred's statesman-like legacy will be remembered both in Michigan and our nation's capital. I wish both he and Amy the best as they start their next chapter, end quote. Amy is Fred's wife. So, Again, due to Michigan losing a congressional seat, which then means a district, and we lost it because of population. And as I stated yesterday, it's not so much losing population because we grew a little bit. It just other states grew much faster. So the only reason we would then lose a state without losing population is people in the other states are having more babies. People are leaving Michigan and other states that may have lost a seat and going to these states. Or, as we know, they count illegal aliens in the number to 
appropriate the cities or the districts and the seats, which I think is totally crazy. And that was that whole debate back in 2020 census. Listen, if you, you want to count the number of illegal aliens here, go ahead as part of the census. But make it separate from citizens of the United States who are – we are the ones who are supposed to decide how many districts we have. And we decide that by where we live and how many babies we have. And we're the ones who are supposed to decide who we want to represent us. So when I say we lost a seat, it's not because of population. It's either people left here and moved to other places or they had more babies or they left other places and moved there. Or I think and I highly suspect it's illegal aliens being there. So Bill currently does represent. I wrote that down in there. Michigan's 2nd Congressional District. So right now the district spans from Kentwood to the Lake Shore and up the coast of Lake Michigan from Holland to Ludington. This new 4th District includes all of Allegan, Van Buren counties, portions of Ottawa, Kalamazoo, Barron, and Calhoun counties, including the cities of Kalamazoo and Holland. And the way they finagled it, you had two sitting congressmen going up against each other if Fred hadn't retired. That being Fred and Heisinger. All that information is there. If you just want to know who or what the new 4th District is, it's there. So as I wrote in my piece, now that Congressman Heising is the last Republican standing in the newly created 4th Congressional District, why don't we find out who Bill is? And according to his website, quote, Bill was born and raised in Zeeland, Michigan. He currently resides there with his wife, Natalie, and their five children. His children are the reason he ran for public office and inspired him to strive for an environment of property, excuse me, prosperity for their generation, one that will encourage job creation through private sector growth, spending cuts, reducing the size of government, and keeping Americans safe both at home and abroad. Growing up, Bill attended Holland Christian High School and later received his bachelor's degree in political science from Calvin College. Congressman Heisinger is a small business owner. He is co-owner of Heisinger Gravel, a third-generation family-run sand and gravel small business located in Georgetown Township. And as I wrote, being a small business owner, he understands the challenges of running a small business. And then I give you some of the issues that he cares about. Restoring economic security and opportunity. He says out-of-control spending by Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi has caused inflation to soar to levels not seen in 40 years. This makes everything from gas to groceries more expensive. Bill supports ending Washington's addiction to spending, shrinking the size and scope of government, and supporting policies that enhance economic opportunity for Michiganders from all walks of life. All right? There's a lot of Republicans who say that. So I know the next time I have him on that I'll probably ask him, how have you attempted to do this? 
Because, yes, he points to the out-of-control spending by Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi, but both parties play that game now. The, the tax cuts, Trump's tax cuts that only the Republicans passed helped us. It increased cash coming into our treasury. And I, I don't know if it was 3 4 5%, something like that. The problem was they spent 7% more. Than. So what they spent didn't even catch up to or what, what the extra revenue, tax revenue coming in from those great tax cuts wasn't even enough to deal with their out-of-control spending. So both parties are playing that game. I'm not saying these individual guys, maybe Bill, I'll certainly ask him what is his position on on these and where has he voted or advocated for these things. He says defending our freedoms. He's an ardent defender of our constitutional liberties. He's been a big vocal opponent of big tech's efforts to censor conservatives as well as efforts to infringe on the Second Amendment rights of law-abiding Americans. He's for improving border security. He's for restoring congressional oversight all across the federal government. Apparently, the Biden administration's using executive branch agencies to enact a radical regulatory agenda that cannot be passed through Congress. So whether it's the SEC, he says, or another part of the alphabet soup in Washington, he wants to hold them accountable. Well, well let's hope so. So right now, what looks like due to Congressman Upton retiring yesterday morning. Congressman Heisinger is currently running unopposed in the Republican primary. And then will go up against whomever the Democrats put up against him. So there's a lot of great information there. Check it out at WBCKFM.com or WKMI.com. It's also at the my flagship station's Facebook page as well as the Live with Rank Facebook page. I found this funny, and I saw this. Oh, I forgot to put it down now. It may, it's either the AP. You know what? I'm going to hold off, and I'll look at the break and see if I can find that. I just don't want to give you guys uh, incorrect information. 269-441-9595. Give us a call. Love to hear from you. What are your thoughts about Fred retiring? Happy? Sad? You tell me. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Live with Rank. They didn't get to the part I wanted him to get to quick enough. Going our separate ways. Now, prior to the last break, I was telling you that I saw a piece, and I thought it was written in a national paper. It wasn't. It was written in M Live, and it says Upton 68 is the fourth Republican who voted to impeach former President Donald Trump to decline to run for re-election. I don't think that's why he's not running. I, I could be wrong, though. I mean, there was a lot of people who were upset and a lot of groups who uh, condemned him for that. Then they go on to say in Live for political junkies and insiders, Tuesday news comes as no surprise. Many viewed Upton's departure as the next step in the so-called, quote, rhino hunt, end quote being led by Trump-allied Republicans looking to oust members critical of the controversial president. 
Now, that is an opinion. It's under public interest on MLive, and it doesn't say anything about opinion. And I think that's part of the big, big problem we have today, from local papers all the way up to national papers, as well as the national TV stations, cable stations, Everybody wanting to now be what I am, an opinion person, many times, as opposed to being just a reporter. Because I don't remember once anybody writing a piece when the Democrats recently were purging their ranks, no pun intended, of moderate Democrats. I didn't see anybody write, or I don't remember anybody writing, many viewed, put in blank, departure, or fill in blank, I should say, as the next step in the so-called Mino hunt. Or no, Dino, Democrat name only, Dino hunt. In fact, do you really hear the word Dino, do you? Now that I say it, I don't know if I've ever seen the word dino reported. Have you? What I'm trying to point out here is there's so much mixture of reporting and opinion. And it's all over the place. Yes, and some of it is on uh, Fox News. I'm not talking about just the shows that start at... Well, you could probably say that uh, four to five on Fox News is uh, more opinion. Six to seven is not. And then seven on is definitely opinion. At least they have some hours. And, and, and I, I, what I'm trying to say is prior to that in the, in the mornings or in the afternoons, there's some opinion that sneaks in. Because I think it's just become normal for everybody to put opinion in their pieces when they're supposed to be just straight news. That's why I brought that up. And also, have you guys heard the word dino ever used? You can email me at rank R E N K at town square media.com. Now, yesterday we were talking about quite in depth about Kalamazoo city commission presented with a diversity, equity, and inclusion assessment. And I was trying to elicit from any of you, and some of you did call in and did email me. What does equity mean in the context of applying it? That's something that I want to make sure. And I wrote that piece today, and I published it, because not only did one of you who called in said they wanted a link to the original piece, and that's, that's in here. And they were concerned about a city commissioner and what he said. So I said I would consider writing something. And uh, yesterday afternoon, I started it, finished it this morning, and published it this morning. Now, I'm not going to go over what we spoke about a lot yesterday. It's simply that the city of Kalamazoo's diversity, equity, and inclusion director 
and a gentleman from a group called MPI, a MPHI, and there's links to these there, gave a, a presentation to the city of Kalamazoo's city commission. And they start talking about the implementation of DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. So I'm trying to get past just the political charged part of it. I'm trying to find out how you would implement diversity, equity, and inclusion like they say. So diversity and inclusion are already covered by civil rights law. It's equity that I was hung up on yesterday, and I am still. I've spoken to directors of DEI, and still, I honestly don't get it. In the perspe- unless it's affirmative action. If they're talking about affirmative action, then I get it. If they're not talking about affirmative action, I don't get it. And why that's important is... You can't throw these terms around and have no applicable way of showing any progress. So in that piece I gave you is the definition of equity, the definition of equality. So just real quickly, equity in its simplest terms as it relates to racial and social justice means meeting communities where they are and allocating resources and opportunities as needed to create equal outcomes for all community members. Show that to an executive. Show that to a city manager. Show that to the bureaucracy of a state and say, you guys have to do this. They're going to sit there and say, I don't know how to do that. That's why I pointed it out yesterday. Many people probably thought it was the political craziness that's around it. No, I'm just saying, okay, you guys want to do it. How do you imply, uh, how do you um, put that into practice anywhere? Unless it's affirmative action. And then last but not least, I, I found something interesting. City Commissioner Esteban Juarez stated, quote, this is hard. I feel like we're in the day and age and we still deal with some of the crap that's still there because we are human beings, haven't learned how to take responsibility for our wrongs, end quote. I guess he's talking about DEI. But this is what I wanted to point out. We then find out that Mr. Juarez, who has run for mayor of the city, wants to become the first Hispanic mayor. Okay, that's cool. But then he said this, quote, I'm tired of fighting for a spot at the table when I belong at the table, end quote. And as I wrote my piece, I have one point to make. Mr. Juarez, you are an elected city commissioner who's actually sitting at the table on the stage looking over Kalamazoo residents. You listen to Live with Rank. We'll talk to Dave Morgan coming up right after this. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 